Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. So I want to continue to talk to you about attitude tonight because we really need an attitude change in South Africa and in Africa. The continent with the greatest wealth and the greatest resources and yet gripped by the greatest poverty. Some of the most anointed preachers, apostles and prophets are on the continent of Africa and yet this continent is gripped by poverty. We want to talk about it because we are not a victim of our past. We are not a victim of our upbringing. We are not a victim of our circumstances. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. So let's talk about a little thing called attitude that makes all the difference in your life. So tonight again, whether you believe you can or not or can't, you are right. Because belief is the ignition switch that gets you off the launching pad. How you go through life, how you face adversity, how you overcome obstacles, how you journey towards your dream, your vision, your attitude will determine the level of your altitude or your altitude. So your life is largely determined by your attitude. Your attitude is the unseen little thing that nobody can see, but affects everything in your life and those who live with you. Your attitude is your choice every day, whether you're optimist or a pessimist. The glass is half full or the glass is half empty. How you have been programmed will determine how you see the future. Whether you have faith or fear, a lot of reasons to be afraid, but more reasons to be full of faith in Jesus' name. Whether you have action or inaction. Remember, inaction breeds doubt and fear. That's why Paul the Apostle says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 12 to 13, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say it tonight. Say, I can. No, don't say it like you are. You don't mean it. Say it tonight. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Passion Translation says, I know what it means to lack and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things. Hallelujah. I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things. That means I'm not a Lucifer because I don't hail from Lucifer. I am not a loser. I am a winner because I hail from God. I'm born from God. I have God's seed abiding on the inside of me. And because I hail from God, the greater one lives on the inside of me. That's why depression is not going to overcome me. Unforgiveness is not going to overcome me. Fear is not going to overcome me. Doubt is not going to overcome me. Adversity is not going to overcome me because whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So there will be challenges. There will be obstacles. There will be curveballs that come your way. But Jesus Himself said, these things I've spoken to you, John 16, 33, that in me you may have peace. In this world while you live, you will have trial, tribulation, tests, 
but be of good cheer. Choose your attitude, for I have overcome the world. Come on. Tonight you have to choose to rejoice no matter where you are. Tonight you have to put on the garment of praise, choice for the spirit of heaviness. Come on on television. They're in Cape Town. They're in Durban. They're in Peter Maritzburg. They're in Potsdam, Stuart. Wherever you are, come on, Bloemfontein, all those people. You have to make up your mind to rejoice in the Lord, not your circumstances. You rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. No matter how weak you are, the Bible doesn't say go around and say I'm weak. The Bible says, let the weak say, no, that was weak. Let the weak say, mm. let the weak say, I am strong. So say it and mean it. Say it with strength. So it says, I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power, that's the anointing, infuses me to conquer every difficulty. You know, we've spoken a lot about the anointing, the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. We've spoken about the glory, God's weight to shift things in you. But if you are going to succeed in life, you need more than the anointing. You need the anointing plus attitude, the right attitude, plus action. Because if you do not act, nothing is going to happen. The Bible says, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own self. So many people are waiting for the anointing. They're waiting for a move. They're waiting for God to touch them. And God's already touched you. They're waiting for God to break through. God broke through on your behalf 2,000 years ago. And as I said this morning, Jesus rose from the grave. He got up once. He's not going to get up again. It's now your time to get up. It's now your time to get out of the grave. It's your time to adjust your attitude. It's your time to get busy with life in Jesus' name. Whether you're up or down, you better be up and about in Jesus' name. It's not how you fall. It's how you get up. 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 It's how you get up. Because we all fall down. Life knocks every person if you live long enough. We all are going through something. That's not negative. That's reality. The difference is some of us don't wear what we're going through on our faces. We don't look like we're sucking lemons. We don't look like we're at a graveyard because we have chosen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If God meant it for me, I can no matter the high or the low, the betrayal, the abandonment, it doesn't matter. Because circumstances has no bearing or relevance upon God's plan for my life. My attitude will determine how I go through the pit, the prison, and how I will be in the palace. So your attitude is your choice. As happiness is your choice. As bitterness is your choice. As gossiping is your choice. As optimism is your choice. As kindness is a choice. Generosity is a choice. Giving up is a choice. Quitting is a choice. Respect is a choice. Walking in faith is a choice. God says in Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, I call heaven and earth as a witness against you that I've said before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose life. You choose life. You choose wisely. Again, William James says, the greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering the attitude of their mind. A new thought will set you on a new course, but that new thought has to become a reality, an action. So overcoming tragedy is a choice. Overcoming adversity is a choice. 
Conquering a mountain is a choice. Camping is a choice. Climbing is a choice. Everything in your life are filled by choices. Every day you make decisions. Sometimes we wait for God to make the decisions. He already decided. 2,000 years ago, He said, He conquered hell, He conquered Satan, He conquered the grave, He conquered sin. And it's now your time to believe what God says about you, that you are a winner in Christ, a new creature. You are an eagle, you are not a turkey. So stop clucking around with the turkeys around you. Because the people that you walk with will determine the height of the mountain you scale. You walk with small-minded people, you're not going to go very far in life. You walk with bigger people, they will stretch you, they will challenge you, and they will encourage you to lift you to a higher places in your life. I love hanging around big people. I don't like hanging around small people. I'm not talking about kids. I'd rather be with kids. But I'm talking about small-minded people, victim-minded, victim-orientated, entitled people that we all know will go nowhere. Unfortunately, we're living in a time where the education systems are rewarding people for doing nothing. If you show up in class, you get a certificate. If you go, don't go to the toilet, you, go to the, you get a certificate. Everybody is getting a certificate. But that's not life. When you come out of university, suddenly clickety-click, reality shows up. And you better be better than the other students who studied with you. Because when people pay you money, they don't pay you money because they feel sorry for you. They pay you money because you're a problem solver, a possibility thinker. You're a mountain mover. You are a difference maker. That is why people employ you. Because you have a different attitude. Not an attitude that says life owes me. I taught my children since the day they were born. Nobody owes you anything. Not even moi. I brought you into this world. And, okay, Narita brought them into the world. But I, I actually made them. <laughs> and that's enough. Uh, so what's up with you? You're held from God. You're born from above. You have God on the inside of you and you're living life like you can't. You're living life like you're a victim. You're living life like uh, things are difficult. The only, Mr. D, Mr. I, Mr. C, C, I, Mr. Whatever, is in your mind. Mr. D, Mr. I, Mr. F, F, I, Mr. C, Mr. U, Mr. L, T, Y. There we go. You see, I needed some music. So difficulties between your ears. And if you don't change what's happening between your ears, you're never going to change your future. You're going to sing the sad, sorry country and western song with your friends. You're going to whine with your family. You're going to talk about your losses, the horse that you lost, the hat that you lost, your boots that you lost, the girl that you lost. And you're going to camp at what could have been and what should have been. We can't change yesterday. Yesterday's gone. An hour ago is gone. Your failures of yesterday are gone. And Paul the Apostle makes it very clear. In Philippians chapter 4, four he, 3, he says, There's one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. I press on to the things that God has taken hold of for me. It's time to press on. Come on, tell your neighbor, bump your neighbor, not your heart. Maybe you get sued, but bump your neighbor and say, It's time to move on. Time to press on.
Charles Swindoll writes, he says, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on your life. Attitude is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do to you or think about you. You don't need a fan club to succeed in life. You need to walk with God because one believer in God make a majority. And by the way, opposition is good for you. If people think you cannot and you believe what people say, shame on you. You need to believe what God says about you. God says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You're not defined by the opinions and the jealousy and the hatred of other people. You are defined by what God called you to do and by what God says you can do. So your attitude is more important than your appearance. A lot of people that are strutting around, they pass out a business card, a CEO of a company that doesn't exist or an apostle of a movement that doesn't exist or a pastor of a church that doesn't exist or a prophet of a company that's non-profit. And they think that's going to get them somewhere. No, my brother, your latest, greatest fashion will not get you anywhere. It's what's happening between your ears. You better be clear that you're not going to hang out with people who have a defeated mindset. And you're not going to hang out with people that are murmurers, that are gossipers, that are complainers. You're going to hang out with people that are positive, that are optimistic. Because other people's attitude will rub off on you. So your attitude is more important than your appearance, form of godliness, than your giftedness or your skill. It will make or break a company, a church, and a home. The remarkable thing is we have choice every day regarding our attitude. The attitude you will embrace for that day. The attitude we choose to embrace in South Africa right now, as we have just been rated the 48th worst country out of 53 to live in. How many of you think that's great? Come on, government. Can we give the government a hand clap? Definitely not. But we're not about to buy plane tickets and leave this country. Because we realize the greater the darkness, the greater the light, the greater the obstacles, the greater the opportunities, the greater the giants, the more the grapes. This is time to dispossess the enemy. This is the time to possess the gates of the enemy. We were born for this time. Jump to your feet, say amen and give him a praise. Come on. So we cannot change our past. Say amen. So stop talking about your past. Stop bringing your, your, your negative past into your tomorrow by talking about it. Stop it. Stop your whining. I'm talking to the empty chairs tonight, okay? We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. We cannot change what happens to us. Sometimes things happen. Some of you come out of a, a, a disadvantaged background. You come out of an abusive background. And I'm sad that that happened to you. But you better let go of the trauma of that abuse. And you let, better let go of what happened to you yesterday. Otherwise, your yesterday will become your tomorrow magnified because of your refusal to get up to get over and to get on with what God called you to do. We all have something to overcome. We all have a story to tell. We all get offended. We all fall down. We all have trauma. We all have tragedy. We all have unexpected things happen to us. 
but we may be knocked down, my brother and my sister, but we are not, not knocked out. Some of us choose to get up. Some of us choose to praise God. Some of us choose to come back stronger, like Arnold Schwarzenegger who said, I'll be back in Jesus' name. Watch this space. I may be down, but I'm not out. You may think I'm done, but I'm not dead. I will rise again in Jesus' name. Say it. Say, I'll rise again. Come on. So the only thing we can do is to play the one string we have, and that is our attitude. He says, I'm convinced that life is 10% of what happens to us and 90% of how we react. I would like to replace the word react by how we respond because we're not called to live reactive. We are called to live responsive. We respond according to God's Word, not our emotions, not our feelings, not our sentiment, not other people's wishes or expectations. We respond according to God's Word. And that, my dear friend, means you control your mouth, you control your emotions, you control your desires, you control your heart, you control because the Bible says you open wide your mouth, you will have destruction. And so it is with us. We are the gatekeepers of our attitudes. We really have a choice about our attitudes, getting out of bed. You don't always feel great, do you? You don't all bounce out of bed like a bouncing ball. Sometimes we fall out of bed and after the third cup of coffee, we wake up or we might even get to gym and on the third set, we actually wake up. But thank God we are there because emotion follows motion. We move and then things move on the inside of us. We climb the mountain in spite of the pain, in spite of the lack of oxygen. We make up our minds, come hell or high water, I will summit that mountain because that is God's plan for my life. That's why I told you last week we need resilience. We need an attitude of fortitude. We need spiritual guts more than just a prayer, a hymn, a song and a dance. We need an attitude, the mind of Christ that says I can and I will. My mother said, Connie, let's do it. My heavenly father said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus himself said, if you can believe, all things are possible. So ultimately, your belief becomes critical in your journey and in your relationships. Your attitude, which is seen through your behavior, your actions, and your words. You sit with people long enough, you quickly see what the attitude is. You phone some people and they answer that telephone and you think, oh my word, I'm never going to phone you again. Because just the way they answer the telephone, especially if your name doesn't come up and they don't know it's you that phone, and you phone them and they say, hello. It's just, I'd rather just put it down. You phone them and, 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 and you, they, they, they have this low energy. You know what I'm talking about? No, you don't, because you never have low energy. But people that you phone have low energy. How are you? It's like, uh, uh, under the circumstances. Under what? Under the circumstances. I thought you seated above. I thought you are seated in heavenly places. I thought you are the head and not the tail. I thought you are to say what God says. I thought you are not to voice your emotion, your feeling, your sentiment, your fear, your doubt, your dissension. I thought you are meant to speak the Word of God only. Speak the Word of God only. 
Because your words affect your life, affects those who hear you, and affects your destiny profoundly. So your attitude is defined as the mental state relative to what you believe. And it affects your entire life. Even if your mama never told you. Your mama told you you're the best singer ever. Everybody knows you can't sing two notes. But there's something else you can do. There's something else you are gifted for. And you better find that something else and you better do it better, more diligent, with more excellence, with more energy than anything else in life. We express our attitude in our words and in our actions. And often the only difference between failure and success is in our attitude or progress or regress or climbing, camping, attitude. Because people are waiting for Jesus to do what He already did. You launch out. You let down the net. You dig another well. You dig the ditches. God will fill them. You put one foot in front of the other one. You possess the promised land. God says, I am with you. We have the guarantee of God's anointing, the guarantee of God's presence, the guarantee of God's power, the guarantee of God's sustaining presence. So we better get busy. We better get up. We better show up. We better do what God has called us to do and take the risks that God is calling us to do. I mean, the reason people don't take risks of fear is fear of failure. And don't justify that. Own up, step out of the boat and walk on the water. And if you sink, cry out to Jesus, He will save you and He will teach you how to walk on the water. So let's look at the great lesson in the Bible. Let's look at two contrasting attitudes and let's see the outcome of our attitude. Even with God in the equation, because it doesn't matter you're a tongue-talking believer. It doesn't matter that you are a worshiping, glory, hallelujah believer, that you automatically will have a positive attitude. Your attitude is something you have to cultivate very intentionally. The Bible says in Romans 12, to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the reconstruction of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God for your life. So sometimes when we fail, we want to shift the focus to God. Now, we don't have to look at ourselves and feel that I'm a failure. We can learn and we can become more determined and we can know that we can succeed, that we can overcome and that there is still a long journey ahead for us to do what God has called us to do. Can I have an amen from someone today in Jesus' name? So starting a business, you don't need money. You need a positive attitude. You need a plan. You need guts. I'm going to say it again and again and again and again. You need guts. Spiritual guts. You need a spine. You need to be responsible. You need to take responsibility. You need to face your giants and slay your giants and stop playing the delay game, which really is procrastination, which is the evidence of lack of faith. So Numbers 13, the Bible says, verse 2, Moses speaking, God speaking to Moses, he says, Send men out to spy the land of Canaan, the promised land, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So these were the top tier leaders in the whole nation of Israel, called by God to go spy out the promised land, to look at South Africa, to see whether there is a great future in spite of some political parties. 
in spite of your skin color. Say amen. I don't care what political leader says, you as a white person doesn't have a future in South Africa. Say, say, you have a future because God says, I know the thoughts I think toward you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I don't care what people say. You are too black, you are too white. You are too young, you are too old. You're a man, you're a woman, so you can't have a great destiny. Listen, they will rewrite the policy because of your faith. You will be the exception to the rule. You will get the job because of your excellence. They will say, we don't want people like that, but we're going to employ that person because we can't afford to do without him or out her because that person will add value to the company. And they're quickly going to see they can't get the job done without you. Say amen. Come on there in television land. This is our hour to arise and shine for the glory of God. This is our hour to be everything God created us to be. Hey, we have God on the inside of us. We have God for us. We have the angels on our side. We have the blood of Jesus speaking on our behalf. We have the word of God that watches over us and that God confirms. So what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Time to get up, time to rise up, time to stand up, time to take charge of your mind, your emotions, your intellect, your, 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 your sentiment, and to be the man, the woman God called you to be. Because God says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So if God means it for you, you can do it. If it's God's plan for your life, you can do it. No matter the betrayal, no matter the opposition, Joseph, your family has betrayed you. Joseph, your brothers hate you. Joseph, part of his wife lied about you. Joseph, you've been placed in a prison. Joseph, they have forgotten about you. But hey, God has not forgotten you and you better not forget yourself and you better not cancel yourself and you better not minimize yourself and you better not write yourself off and you better not become a prison through the, or a victim through the journey of life. You have to stay more than a conqueror. You have to stay victorious in Christ because the Bible talks about Joseph and every time the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph and that's you and me. God is with us. God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm anointed. I'm appointed. This is my time. Let's make this world a better place. God bless you. Love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give them a hand clap. You know, some people are comfortable with climbing Naval Hill. Other people are comfortable with climbing Table Mountain. A, a, a one man's floor is another man's ceiling. When God created us, He created us in the image of Christ, right? He didn't create you and say, you have more faith. No, it's the diligence of developing the gift of faith that God gave you through applying faith through developing your character, your attitude, your positivity, and becoming more focused in the journey that God called you to live. We're all in the same boat, South Africa. And for all the other people watching all over Africa, we love you, I'm not excluding you, but um, I mean, 48 out of 53 countries, I don't like that at all. The four worst case scenarios in the entire world, that's not good enough. We will change it in Jesus' name, okay? I said we are going to change it in the name of Jesus. We are going to vote and we are going to get the right people in power in South Africa and we are going to see people that will be responsible and we will build a better future 
for this country, for all the people of South Africa, because we can say amen in Jesus' name, okay? So watch the power of leadership. Leadership can cause an entire nation to be destroyed. Case in point, I'm talking about this. Numbers 13, verse 17. So Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. I was going to say we're all in the same boat. That means we're in the same country. That means we see the same things. That means we experience the same thing. We all experience load shedding. We all face crime. We all face... Let me stop there. Before I offend another politician. They're not God. Politicians aren't God. They're going to find out very quickly. They are not God. No politician is a God. I know people don't like me saying certain things, but I'm tired of the arrogance of people that are hijacking this entire country. May God remove the arrogant and may God bring the humble and those who will serve Him and those who will serve His plan and purpose, which are His people into positions of power. So Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go, nothing happens until you go. Go up this way into the south, go up to the mountains and see what you see impacts your heart. What you look at the longest becomes the strongest in your life. I hope you have bladder problems, young men, walking in the service. What you look at the longest. Proverbs 29 verse 18. We are very sensitive to people moving about after this camera being stolen. So you escort them to the toilet, then escort them back. Thank you. I won't have criminals come here. I can't even spill my Sit on your backside if you are here. And see, you say that's unfriendly. No, I'm an African, okay? I live in a certain country, so I'm, it's not, I'm not churchified. So if you have no discipline in your backside, I'll teach you. You say, Pastor, that wasn't kind. Well, it wasn't kind to steal an 800,000 rand camera, so don't come and talk to me about kindness. Thank you. I'll weep with you, but then we have to find a place of healing and get up back to our feet and get on with life. Amen. So please, when you encourage people, do so with strength. Don't encourage them to a place of making them weaker. Okay. So he says, see what the land is like. Proverbs 29 verse 8 in the Bible says, where there's no vision, the people perish. So your vision is your future. The quality of your vision will determine the quality of your fruit you bear. What you see 
So some people see nothing. Some people see problems. Some people see the inferiority. Some people focus on the inadequacy. They see it through their words. I can't. I don't think I can. I'll never be able to afford that. Says who? You know, when we raised our children in the early years, we, we didn't have two cents to rub together. That's the fact. We never ate out for 10 years. We never went on a holiday for the first 10 years of our marriage because we didn't have money. Nobody knew it. So if people invited us, I just said, no, I don't feel like it. I never said I don't have money because I realized the minute you open your mouth, you are snared by the words of your mouth. I never said I cannot. I never said I cannot afford it. I never said it's too expensive. I've never said those things, even though in the natural, I didn't have money in my physical bank account, but I knew they were more than enough in my heavenly bank account. And it's only a matter of time in the name of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to go... Cancel my future through careless chatter. Remember when, when you say something in belief, it stands. So in a moment of anger, when you say, I don't think I can, that's what you really believe. So you need to be quiet in times of pressure. And be careful who you listen to in times of adversity. Because people will poison your mind, they will poison your soul, and that will rob you of your destiny. So God gives him a choice. Two things God gives you in life. People don't like it, but it's fact. Still today, 2023. Choice and chance. God is no respecter of persons. He gives you life, and He gives you the ability to choose. He says you choose life. He's not a respecter. He doesn't come and say, I'm going to bless you. I'm not going to bless you. I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm going to make it difficult for you. That's not God. God knows what you would face. God knows what you're going to go through. And God has prepared you for this. God has designed you for this. And God has given you the grace for this hour. But you have to step up in the grace and be strong in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and get on. Like Paul says, I labor more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God that is toward me. And he says, His grace was not in vain. So if you believe in God's grace, then you would be the most active person, the most positive person, the most empowered person, the most productive person, because grace never leaves you where it finds you. Because grace is Jesus personified. Follow me and I will make you. Follow me and I'll take you places. Follow me and I'll take you from being an ordinary fisherman to being a world shaker and a history maker. That's what Jesus is busy to do in your life. He's busy making you bigger on the inside. He's busy stretching you, enlarging you, refining you, purifying you, building a bigger treasure on the inside of you so that you can go and do great exploits for God. So that character is developed in the, 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 uh, the furnace. It's, it's not developed on a pleasure boat. So, so when you go through things, keep going through them. And, and when you have many questions, some best not to be asked. Just grit your teeth. Grit your teeth. Your teeth, your types. Ach, toch, alsjeblieft, lach, hulle lach, lach, toch net. Just relax your 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 face because it it actually takes less muscles to smile. 
So he says, see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in the land are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad. Is South Africa a good, bad land, bad land? Some of you can say nothing. We'll talk about the giants now. We're not talking about giants, the Eskimites. We're talking about, is South Africa a good land? Is there milk and honey in South Africa? Is there a future for all of us in South Africa? Yeah. So God says, I'm giving you the land. Now you see the land. Doesn't talk to them about the giants, the problems. He talks to them about the land of promise, the potential, what is possible, what can be done, what can be achieved, what can be accomplished, what can be done. That's what God talks to him about. But God says, I need your choice in this matter. I've delivered you from Egypt. I brought you out with a mighty hand. Ten miracles in Egypt. Ten miracles on the way to the promised land. Pillar of fire, pillar of cloud. The anointing is there. Now God says, it's up to you now. I've done my part. Now you do your part. And it's going to start with your vision. How you see the land. How you perceive things. What do you truly believe about your future? So he sends them out. Whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage. Why does God say that? Because my problem, my brother, my sister, there will always be challenges. There will always be obstacles to overcome. God says, He doesn't say pray for courage. He says, be strong and be courageous. Three times God tells Joshua in the book of Joshua chapter 1, be strong, be courageous, only be strong, very courageous. Have I not commanded you to be strong and very courageous? Why does God say that? Because God needs your strength, your attitude of fortitude, and then God needs your courage, the inherent ability to control fear and the disturbing effects of fear in your life. Because fear will mess you up. Fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of disappointment, fear of getting out of the boat, fear of taking a risk. Those things will stop you from becoming who God called you to be. So God says you have to be courageous. Listen, you are not possessing your future without courage. Courage is a choice. Courage is a decision. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. You can act weak and justify your weakness. You can talk about why you are weak, but weak people will not possess the promised land. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong in the Lord. Paul writes, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. So there are many reasons to act weak, but we don't accept one. We take the one reason that demands that we are strong. And that is what Christ has done for us. He has obtained the ultimate victory. He has left us an example to follow. He rose from the grave. He conquered adversity. He conquered the devil. He defeated hell and the grave. And so can you. Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of you. There's a winner. There's a giant. His name is Jesus Christ alive on the inside of you. Oh, come on. In the name of Jesus Christ. So stop shuffling about. Stop waiting for better days and more pays and become that man that God said you can be. Come on, straighten your gait, straighten your back, hasten your step. Come on, become a believer, become a Joshua, become a Caleb. Walk with a different attitude and you will see things will begin to change in your life. So these people are instructed to spy out the land. God says, be of good courage. So they come back. Like people come back on our staff 
you have a sales meeting with a sales team and you ask people how the market is doing and there's always going to be the nine people that say, oh, pastor, people aren't buying uh, houses anymore or things are difficult or times are tough. Times are tough, but tough times don't last up. People do, right? When everybody else is, is giving up, that's the time for you to get going and to start in Jesus' name, right? So there will always be the people on your team that will try to dissuade you because of their personal weakness. Because they are not ready for the battle. So they want to justify their apathy, justify their procrastination, and convince you that things are impossible. But the Bible says that things that are impossible with men are possible with God, for with God all things are possible. The Bible says if you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. You make up your mind. Even if everybody says it cannot be done, you make up your mind, it can, will be done, I can and I will, through Christ who strengthens me. Whether I'm up or down, have plenty or little, I'm going to get the job done. Come on. Whether I have money or no money, I'm going to get the business going. I'm going to expand the business. I'm going to expand the ministry. I'm going to move and God's going to move with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, come on, man, in Jesus' name. Say amen. So they departed and came back to Moses, verse 26 says, And Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, and they brought back word. Watch what you listen to. Watch who you listen to. Be very selective of who you allow to speak to you in challenging times. Careful to share your vision with people. Because when you share your dream, you immediately cause jealousy in people that are not dreamers. Joseph's brothers hated him because of his dreams. They did not celebrate him. They hated him because his dream was too big for them. But his dream was for them. His dream was to provide for them. But they were too small to see it. So don't cast your pearl before swine. Keep your cards close to your chest. If God gives you a dream, a vision, and an idea, you go and you do what God called you to do. One of the members of our church has been with me for many, 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 many years, since Lady Brain. The whole Ituba thing was his idea. It was his idea. And he shared it, I can't say with what bank. Um, he shared his idea without patenting his idea. And people knew it was a good idea. For him, it was a God idea. So it was a great idea. And they stole his idea. And made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions because he shared his idea prematurely. I said to him, when this happened, I said, don't be faced by this because God is the giver of ideas. God has other ideas for you. God's gonna give other plans to you. They can steal your idea. They can try and take away your dream, but they cannot because God gave you the idea. So God's gonna give you a new idea. And not only has God given him one more idea, God's gonna be given him many, many, many ideas, much bigger than Ituba. He's got businesses now all over Africa. Every time I talk to him, he's starting another business because God's giving him another idea. But I mean, he could have been derailed and disappointed and disillusioned because somebody stole my million dollar idea. 
He was big enough to let it go and not allow the disappointment and the potential loss of income to define him. Dealt with it, got back into God's presence and God gave him bigger ideas in Jesus' name. Come on, say amen. Whatever you've lost, God's got something better for you. Whatever somebody stole from you, God's got something better for you. Come on. The milk and the honey is still the promise of God for you. You don't give up. You don't lie down. You don't quit on your dream. Maybe you didn't make the team. You're the better player. You practice harder. You are going to make the team. You will make the team. You will get the job. You will get the uh, uh, um, allocation. You will get the promotion in God's timing, right? Right? They can stop you, but they can't cancel you. The only person who can cancel you is you. So actually, when people say it cannot be done, something should come alive and you, and, and you should say, okay, let's see. And the best thing that can happen to you is that people underrate you. As long as you don't underrate yourself. Because the very people that underrate you will one day work for you. That's a word for somebody. If you protect your little TikTok, TikTok, protect your little heart and not go like, oh, I'm hurt. Ach, asseblief toch, rarig. Jy is 50 en jou harkie is seer vir wat. Asseblief, grow up. You're not three years old, grow up. Grow up. Man up. So they bring back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land throughout South Africa where you sent us, where we were born. It truly flows with minerals, potential, resources, agriculture, absolutely everything. Wealth, riches, oil that's being stolen, gas that's being stolen. It's all yeah. And this is the fruit. Nevertheless, but your butt will neutralize you. Your butt will end you on your butt. Your butt will stop you. So you cannot speak the facts and then you come with a nevertheless because you cancel what God means for you. When your conversation is filled with doubt, listen very carefully. Listen. Since the day I was in Lady Brand, started that church with six people, one family and two of their servants. Uh, one was their servant, one was the lady for Rosemary Peterson that came all the way from Lesotho. That's where we started. There wasn't a pot of gold. There wasn't a building waiting. There was nothing. What we had was a vision, was a dream. And the only people who listened to me, by the way, in those days were the people, even Lady Brand, it, uh, so some of the people, the old people. So my home cell was, was with all the older people, 70 plus, okay? And I'm 23 years old, like young people. But the only people who listened to me were, were 23 year olds. It didn't matter. I knew I was gonna build a church for God. I was gonna do something for God. And um, my band was a piano accordion. How's that? Amen. And the person's name who played it was Gert. He was a smoker, smelled like a chimney. Every Sunday he smoked, he smelled like he visited hell and he was standing on the platform trying to bring heaven, okay? Smelling like a chimney. But it doesn't matter. We sang, hey, live, hey, live, alive, alive, alive forevermore. He's the King of Kings. It doesn't matter. God showed up every single Sunday. People got saved every single Sunday. We have the glory of God every single Sunday. Um, people without any teeth. That's what I started with those people. 
Hylia, 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 better now. So you better believe. You, you better believe that I had to have faith. I had to look beyond that. Not that those people weren't valuable and precious, but you're not going to build a church with people that are, that are about to go to heaven. The only thing you do is you graduate them. You get them saved and you send them. Amen. It's almost like an abattoir. Save them and get them to heaven. That's what we should do with some young people. Save you and send you to... No. So they bring back word. And they told them, we went to the land, to the land of milk and honey, nevertheless. The people who dwell in the land are corrupt. I mean, are strong. The cities are fortified, which is not in our case. <laughs> no security. But God's going to change that. Because God loves the people too much. I'm not against the ANC or against politicians. I'm against these leaders that are destroying this country. I don't care what your color, what your political viewpoint, you better start fixing this country or may God remove you from your position of power it, for the sake of the people of South Africa. I'm very outspoken about it. Yes, I am. I have no sentiment, zero. Because no politician died for you, Jesus did. And no politician has the right to destroy your future because of their corrupt, immoral values. So the cities are fortified. In our case, there's no defenses in our cities. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites, the Hidites, Jebusites, Amorites, Canaanites, Eskimites, Crimites, Joblessites, Unemploymentites, all these giants. Well, God never told them to go see the giants. God said, see the land. Because it was God's plan to deliver them. But they did not focus on God's promise. They magnified the problems. And once you magnify the problems, it is severely going to affect your attitude and your conversation. You listen to the average person when they open their mouth, they talk about the negatives in South Africa. We need to change that. We need to talk positively. I'm not saying you put your head in a hole. We know that there are giants. We know we have to defeat the giants. Faith is not denying the giants. Faith is believing that you have the power through Christ to defeat the giants in Jesus' name. That you will have a future in spite of the giants. That you will possess what God has for you in the presence of the giants. You will possess the gates of your enemies in Jesus' name if you have faith in God. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. Watch this. There's a whole negative conversation. And there's somebody that has a right mind too, as a matter of fact. Ten leaders are negative. And they cost an entire generation their inheritance. Negative leadership. Oh my word. Negative, faithless leadership will stop the plans and the purposes of God quicker than anything else. You run a company, you better be optimistic. Yes, your giants are real. Your challenges are real. But you better get up in your board meeting and you better speak faith and you better speak possibility and you better come with proactive plans of action to change what you are facing, to change your reality little by little. 
because quitting is not going to change anything. And as a matter of fact, quitting is never an option. If God meant it, you have to keep on keeping on until you reach Rome like the Apostle Paul. They could not kill him. They could not stop him because his destiny was to reach Rome. So Caleb quiets the people before Moses and he says, let us go up at once. Now faith is, no procrastination, not later, not good intentions without any activity because the roadway to hell is paved with good intention. You have to get busy now. You have to get busy tomorrow. You have to change things tomorrow. You have to get up earlier tomorrow. Make up your bed tomorrow. Go to gym tomorrow. Go to work on time tomorrow. Change things now because you are well able in Jesus' Name. Because the longer you procrastinate, the less likely it is that you will ever change anything. It's already the end of July. Some of you said this year, I'm gonna do this, 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 this. You've done absolutely nothing and there's four months left. What you gonna do, brother? What are you gonna do about what you said you are going to do in the next four months? I suggest you better get busy, 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 busy. I said you better get busy, 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 busy. Because one of the best ways to get that victim mindset out of you is to go flex your muscles, to get busy, to get out there, get on the battlefield, get in the ring, face your Goliath, give him your best shot. And if it's not working, get up, rethink, re-strategize, get out there again tomorrow and give it your best shot. If you don't defeat him, go back, rethink, reevaluate, and give it your best shot again. But the worst thing you can do is nothing because your nothingness will define you eventually your nothingness will become the stronghold in your mind and then you will always talk about oh I wanted to and I should have and I really desired and then people will talk about you and say but he's really a good person yeah you are good but you're not doing much are you is, is this I should call the evening service right now straight talk because people don't want straight talk. They want talk that abdicates them from all responsibility. Oh, you don't have to do anything. You just abide, abiding in the vine, abiding in the vine, abiding, abiding, abiding. And how's that going for you? Jesus in John 15 said, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and I ordained you that you should go, get off your blessed assurance and bring forth much fruit. You bring forth the fruit through abiding in Jesus. Because abiding in Jesus connects you to the source of wisdom, strength, energy, life, vision, blah, 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 blah. So if, if we don't progress and we say it's God's responsibility, you, you, you mean to say God isn't wanting you to grow? God's holding out on you? The problem is actually God? Is that actually what you're saying? My church is not growing because God wills it not to grow. I'm not progressing because God doesn't will it. And when God created you, He created you with this clear instruction. I cre uh, he created you in His image, in His likeness, in His form, His identity. He blessed you and He said, you be fruitful and you multiply. That's before sin. God didn't do it. He placed Adam in the garden. And all God did was walk with Adam. But Adam had to cultivate the garden, tend the garden, grow the garden, name the animals, 
Adam had to be fruitful. Adam had to multiply. It was his responsibility. So, 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 so we miss it in a spiritual vacuum sometimes because it sounds very spiritual, but actually what it does, it puts God in a terrible light. That if things are not progressing in my life, it's God's responsibility. Really? Why? So you mean God's a respecter of persons? Huh? Hello? I grew up in a little church where we prayed so much, but the church never grew. Because that was the mindset. All we have to do is spend time in God's presence. And spending time in God's presence, we did. Every Friday night, we prayed 12 to 12, or 6 to 6. 12 hours, man, this voice, nonstop. Every Friday, 6 o'clock to 6 o'clock. You pray a voice back and forth. Back and, and the church never grew beyond 90. In 11 years, the church never grew beyond 90. Because everybody was waiting for God to do something. Because all we have to do is... Abide. Jesus said to Peter, get out of the boat. He said, launch out into the deep. He said, let your net down on the other side. He said to the disciples, go into all the world. He said, you lay hands on the sick and I will heal them. You sow your seed and I will multiply your seed. Come on. Abiding is the source of your strength, but abiding is the start. You have to get up. You have to get busy. You have to take responsibility. You have to be stronger than your adversity and the opposition. You have to be more determined than the devil and the opposition you face. You have to have an attitude of possibility. You, my brother and sister. There's a lot of things that God meant that's not happening. Because people aren't taking responsibility, as in this case. This is God. Think about it. So we've had our revival services and we'll continue to bring people into the presence of God, pray for people, etc., etc. But But being under the power of God doesn't change your mind. It merely activates your spirit. You can be under the presence of God all the time and stay ignorant. He said, my people perish for what? Lack of knowledge, not lack of anointing. There are people without any anointing that are changing this world. People that are anti-God changing this world because their mindsets are different. Oh, God gets the glory because He created them. But they have tapped more into who God is than most Christians who are always waiting. Waiting. If you go witness, people get saved. If you pray without proclamation, people don't get saved. Somebody has to go give the poor person a blanket. God's not going to bring a blanket from heaven on that poor person tonight. Somebody has to do what that person is called to do. You have to walk in your business tomorrow with, with, with the grace of Jesus, but you have to face the issues, the realities, the pressures of life, which many people don't like to do. There's no easy. You don't scale and summit a mountain easy. Easy to abide. But then walking with Jesus into the destiny, the deep unknown. Total different story. Now you need grace and guts. Guts. Guts, when there are no feelings, no emotions, when your mind says you cannot do it, 
When people say you cannot do it, but you've made up your mind because you have heard from God, now you walk out your journey. You walk out your salvation. You face your giants. You defeat your giants. You have an unstoppable attitude. You are a world changer, a history maker in Jesus' Name. Those early church disciples, nothing could intimidate them. They were unstoppable. They turned the world right side up. And when things became too much, they ran back into the presence of God. God refreshed them. The building shook. God filled them with the Holy Ghost again. And then they got out of the building. And then they got busy with their assignment again to preach the gospel, to face persecution, to overcome adversity, and to make the world a better place. Come on, say amen in Jesus' Name. You are not gonna float in a Coke bubble, in a glory bubble, while you scale a mountain. You are gonna scale that mountain by being strong and very courageous. That means there are battles. That means there are giants in your mind that you have to face and defeat. And it's the people that defeat the giants in their minds that are the people, those are the people that progress in life. That's just how it is. Because we all, all of you in business, see exactly the same. All of you as students see exactly the same. All of you. Right? Right? But you need to make up your mind to stop conversing with a person that is always negative. And you need to make up your mind to be the Joshua and the Caleb of your generation. Not to be the murmurer, the complainer, the cynical person, but to be the person that displays this attitude in the Old Testament. Let us go up at once, for we are well able to possess the land. And what happens? The other 10 spies immediately counter what he says and stirs the emotions in the people and the sentiment in the people, like political leaders do, right? We be not able. You don't have a future. Let's blame this one. Let's blame that one. I mean, they even blame God. They tell God, why don't you leave us in Egypt? Why did you bring us out of Egypt? We were better off in Egypt. They were so controlled by the mindset cultivated in Egypt that when the time came for them to possess the promised land, the Bible says they could not. And they limited the Holy One of Israel. Psalm 78 verse 41. They limited God. They limited God. God's will was to bring them into the promised land. God never told them they have to fight for the promised land. He said, I'm giving you the promised land, but God guaranteed them the victory. So the same with us. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. I am with you, but you have to face Goliath. I am with you, but you have to slay the giants of inferiority, of low self-esteem. You have to deal with the giants and stop the conversation. That justifies where you are and look for the reasons to stay in a place of apathy, procrastination, stagnation. Because... There's someone greater on the inside of you and God's plan for you is greater. And by the way, Daniel 11:32, those of you that talk so much about abiding, 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 the people who know their God, the people who abide in their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. So if you are walking with God, there will be many exploits for everybody to see. Not just a, a hymn and a dance. Kumbaya, my Lord. Someone's waiting. No, we're not yet to wait. We pray, then we get up and go. Say amen tonight. So they, they say, 
But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than us. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through whom which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in theirs. As a man thinketh, so is he. That's why Jesus doesn't just come to get you to heaven. He, he, he saves your heart. But then the transformation of your soul, your thinking patterns become your responsibility. And I can't change your mind. You cannot change my mind. The only person who can change you is you. Through meditating in the Word of God. Receive with meekness the engrafted Word of God, which is able to save your soul. You know, people are, are stubborn. And stubborn as I mean, we justify where we are. So, because... I don't know why it's so difficult for people because it should be the most natural thing ever to, to self-evaluate. That's not a negative process. That's a very healthy progress process, right? Right? Hello? Self-evaluation. So uh, with your weight for argument's sake, somebody said I lost a lot of weight. Yeah, I fasted a lot, etc., and I plan to lose weight. So, um, so here's the deal. You need to have your scale and you decide I'm not going to pick up more than two kilograms either way and manage that because all the food and all the cakes and everything's going to talk to you all the time and it's like the woman says okay I'm not having a go at the girls but they say I can't fit in the dress anymore or I don't know where this comes from a, a slow metabolism yes I'm not insulting you, it's a, it's, a, it's a silly example, but the same with your mind. What you allow in your mind is your choice. You can allow your, your mind to become a garbage dump, that's your choice. You guard your heart. You alone have the power, or you are alone are the gatekeeper of your soul and your mind. And nobody knows what you inherently believe. Your fruit proves what you truly believe. Because the tree is known by the fruit. So why do we see this as negative? Why do we, 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 we see the, 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 um, the promises of God and, and what God promises us as negative if we fall short off? Why don't we go back to the mirror and look in the mirror without guilt, shame, condemnation and say, okay, I've got to grow some more. More time in the Word, more time in prayer. I have to exercise my faith. I have to get back out there again. I have to try and defeat a, a, a smaller giant and get going. Because that inspires confidence. That alone, nothing else. But everything else, your attitude reflects. Your true belief reflects in your life. Is that a difficult thing to swallow? Why? Shouldn't that be liberating? If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you are programmed positively, it's extremely liberating. If you are programmed to think like a victim, what I'm saying right now is traumatic for you. So what we're going to do? Lay hands on you? I can't cast that attitude out of you. I wish I could. 
We're going to have to look at ourselves without guilt, shame, condemnation and say, I'm falling short. But in Christ, I have it. And then we're going to have to press in and get hungry for personal growth and development, right? Huh? I can't walk in the gym and look at Pierre Spies and say, I want to look like him and I never go to gym. Not that I'm ever going to look like him, but I'm saying, you can't look at that and say, well, praise God, I've got my gym membership. I'm a Christian, but you never put your foot in the gym. It's not going to work. Well, exactly the same with every area of life. You see somebody getting on and ahead in life, a church that's blessed, etc. It's easy to say, I want that. And the journey, the discipline, discipline, mastering your emotions, mastering your sentiment, controlling your tongue, your tongue, your tongue, not having a loose mouth. All those things matter. All those things influence your life more than anything. Your inner treasure, what you truly, inherently believe. What you believe about yourself, about God, about life. And the good news is you can change it by spending time not only in the presence of God, but in the Word and by testing your faith action. How do you get better as a rugby player? You practice. How do you get better as a pastor? You play. How do you get better as a soul winner? You go and win people. How do you get better as a salesperson? I was a salesperson as well. When I started, I feared the telephone. In those days, it was that telephone. You had to pick it up and cold canvas. Anybody ever did that? I feared that telephone. But I wasn't fearing making the calls. I was fearing rejection on the other side, which I never understood. So you pick up the phone, you say, hey, ek is adbos of a gwerf verang zeroks, ek verkoop dit, 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 kong. So, I was afraid of that telephone. I had to overcome. Cold canvassing. Best thing I ever did. To realize the person on the other side is a person just like you. And you find a way to get into that person's head. Not that the telemarketers are doing a great job because none of us answer your telephone calls, okay. But you find a way. If, if there's a hundred people doing the same thing, you find a different way. Because you make up your mind, I can and I will. I can and I will. Failure is not an option. When I, come on, when I fall down, I'm gonna get up again. I'm gonna get up again every time with more determination, but I will not be defined by the lows in my life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in Jesus' name. Come on, you receive the word. Give the Lord a praise tonight. Come on. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Give Him a praise. Come on. Come on, give Him a praise. Even if you don't feel like it, it's a good attitude. Listen. Give Him a praise here tonight in Jesus' name. Energy. Energy, 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 life, life. People don't respond to average, half-heartedness, energy. You be the energetic person in that company, the energetic pastor on the team. You be the possibility thinker. You be the achiever in that company. Amen. 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 Listen, the sky's the limit. God has no favorites. We all believe we're the apple of God's eye, but in God's mind, we're all His children. 
and He wants the best for all of us. Do we believe it? He's not holding out on us. Do we believe that? He's not said it's going to be easy for Art Bosov and difficult for Jack Jones. He's for each and every one of us. The time has come for you to be for you. You didn't even hear what I said. The time has come for you to be for you. And that means you respect yourself to go find what is lacking. And you conquer your giants. Or for the rest of your life, you will live knowing you were conquered and defeated. Nobody wants that in life. No one. When I was placed in a coffee bar, now listen, I'm not a restaurateur. I don't know how to make food. But for a year, I was... My pastor put me in a coffee bar and all I made was hamburgers, hot dogs, waffle. I hated it, but I did it the best. I did it better than anybody else. I didn't stand there and say, well, this is not my calling. This is not my anointing. It, it's irrelevant. Whatever is placed in your hand, Bible says whatever you touch, eventually you will get into your grace. But stop saying, This is not my calling. This is not what I'm meant to be. Nobody starts in their sweet spot. Nobody. But you better learn to do what you think you're not called to do better than the people that are called to do that. Because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Say amen tonight. Come on, young people. Come on. Come on. It's in you. I said it's in you. That potential is in you. That ability is in you tonight. Come on, pastors. It's in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus makes all the difference. How people cope with life and and, and the challenges that we face, I don't know. Not without Jesus Christ. So it's not some religion. It's like, 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 like people think he's a Sunday experience. It's much more than a Sunday experience. He infuses you. He empowers you. When you walk with God, you will know. But it has to be a re- reality. You can't be Jesus and, and he doesn't reflect in your life. He is the difference maker. And he makes the difference in you. First in your heart, then in your mind through his word. You're standing here tonight, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. I don't know. They're in Bloemfontein, in Johannesburg, in Ports of Struem, in Port Elizabeth. Maybe tonight you're standing in this place, you say, Pastor, I really feel down and out. I understand that. I've been there as well. You don't have to stay there. You can allow Jesus to lift you tonight. Maybe you feel like you're in a place of failure. Maybe you've run away from God. I don't know. People do that. People do crazy things. And even after this COVID, people are still up to crazy stuff. Get back with God. Get right with God. Put your life in the hands of Jesus Christ and find peace for your soul. These things I've written that in me, you may have peace. There's no peace outside of Jesus Christ. There's no life outside of Jesus Christ. Not in your friends, not in money. You will not find happiness anywhere outside of Jesus Christ. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Now forget people around you, no one moving, please. You're standing in this place tonight in Pretoria, in Johannesburg, in in, in Bloemfontein, in all our churches. And tonight you say, Pastor, I need a fresh start with God. Then I want to pray for you. I want to help you find your way back to God. Look, 
Laatste zondag was die persoon nog normaal. Zondag aan de hartaanval gehad. Woensdag te bid ek vir hom. Bezigheidsman. Dat hij hemel toe moet gaan. Zondag normaal. Woensdag dood. Dit is de realiteit van die leven en die dood. Yeah, today gone tomorrow. Your life is like a vapor. You don't know what tomorrow brings. But one thing you can know is that you have peace with God. Every head bowed, every eye closed, believers praying, you say, Pastor, I need a fresh start with God, a new beginning. I want to give my life to Jesus or I want to come back to God. Then please forget your friends. Don't let your friends stop you from getting right with God tonight. You make up your mind to surrender your life to Christ. If that's you tonight, all over this place, tonight there's a stirring in your heart. God's talking to you. Tonight you say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus or I want a fresh start with God. They're in Potsdam tonight, young, beautiful person. God brought you to that place to save you tonight. All over this place, you say, that's me tonight. I need a new beginning with God. If that's your desire, I want to pray for you. If that's you tonight, quietly raise your hand, please, before I pray. Lift your hand all over this place. Lift it up high. Say, include me in that prayer. Raise it up, 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 all over this place. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Raise it up. Raise it up. Thank you. God bless you. Bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Raise up your hand. Say yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. You make up your mind tonight what you choose. Choose Christ. Amen. God loves you. You're valuable. You're precious. Um, you know, even people struggling with addiction is a, a, a decision to get out of that addiction. We've sent some people, listen, and I believe in the delivering power of God. We deliver people and then they continue in their mess in any case. Because the Bible says seven devils worse will come back if you don't make up your mind. So, in the end of the day, I really do believe 99% of, 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 of overcoming things, etc. is making decisions. I really do believe it. I don't think the devil has so much power that he can weaken your will to the place where you can't make decisions because that means you're possessed. Areas of your will can be weakened and those areas have to be rebuilt. Broken walls have to be rebuilt. But the devil doesn't have all that power. That the devil made me do it. No, you did it. And until you don't take the responsibility to say you did it and you like doing it, and you no longer want to do it, you're never going to stop doing it. But while you blame somebody else, you'll stay exactly in that prison. The doors have been opened, you have to walk out, right? Same with inferiority. I'll talk about it next Sunday, and it's a sad reality. That's why we want to break the back of poverty over South Africa, because poverty, listen, uh, is a terrible thing, because it actually... Um, um, stops the mind from creating, creating certain thinking processes an environment of bondage and poverty that's why we have to break it, smash it because it robs people of everything poverty is the biggest curse in the world it's Satan personified holding God's people in bondage and therefore the politicians that are not attacking poverty must, Samaya, they must go out. Because 
the yoke of poverty must be broken over our people. Must. It's not optional. The gospel is good news to the poor. We have to bring people out of poverty and we have to um, help people change their thinking patterns, but you're not going to change the thinking pattern without a job. A social grant will not change people's thinking patterns. As a matter of fact, it will keep you in bondage. And that's a very clever political strategy to keep people dependent. So liberation means your mind is liberated and you have economic power. That's liberation. Not dependence on a state. So these people that talk about the state owning everything don't even know what they're talking about. Because freedom means freedom in every area. So it doesn't help we just feed poor people. We have to empower poor people. We need jobs for our young people. Say amen, come on. So there's a lot of work to do. And murmuring and complaining is not going to change anything. Toy toying is not changing anything, please. Burning tires will change nothing. Just made me more violent. Yeah. My word. Amen. Beautiful young men. Okay, handsome young men. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get belief in your heart tonight. Come on. Come on. Doesn't matter how many times you've messed up what you've done. Jesus died for you. And you receive forgiveness of sin tonight. And you make up your mind tonight to stop running with your old gang and your old friends. Because I had to. I was running with a group and I got saved and I had to break my relationship with those people. I told them about Jesus, but I stopped doing the things I did with them. All right? It means you come out of that environment. If you've been doing drugs, you stop doing drugs. I did, I had to stop. You beat up on people, you stop. Tonight, you exit that life of bondage. Your choice. All the girls that are doing whatever they're doing, tonight you become different. Sanctified, pure, beautiful, not that you're not, holy, but tonight you make up your mind. I am changing and I'll never go back to that life that I've come from in Jesus' name. I'm going to love myself. Yeah. People may sit there and look at you a certain way. God sees something totally different in you. And while you mess around a certain way, you are robbing yourself of God's potential and destiny. You may be nobody in the eyes of people, but God maybe have predestined you to be a great leader, a great businessman, a great politician, a great educator, a great sportsman. Stop wasting away your potential. Tonight, things are changing as you give your life back to Jesus. Are you listening to me? Let it register, please. So put your hand on your heart and pray this with me and all our churches. Say, Jesus, tonight I give my heart back to you. I have fallen short of your glory. I've sinned against you.
I ask you tonight, please forgive me, wash me in your blood, give me the power to be a child of God. I believe that you died for my sin. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe you're alive. Tonight, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for a new beginning. Thank you for a new life in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. And upon the confession of your faith, you are forgiven and you are free. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.